Jesus had been telling them, I have to go to the Father. 
watch Jesus' resurrected body leave yet again another painful goodbye. The mantle has been placed on their shoulders to do the work. And the weight of this moment leaves them stunned, mouths agape, staring into the clouds as Jesus finally, truly leaves. Some of us are all too familiar with final goodbyes. The last moments of a loved one's life. In those moments, we realize how impossible it is to say everything we need to say. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Thank you. I love you. Those four sentences usually sum it up, though. Well, this week, so many people were robbed of the chance to say a final goodbye. Too many precious human beings were violently taken from us, from their families, from their school, from their communities. For most of this week, I felt like the disciples, staring at the unimaginable, mouth agape, frozen in one spot, unsure what to do. The news is too much. It's all too much. Too much to take in, too much to hold, too much to feel. In the place where there should be life, that beginning of summer excitement and Play-Doh and art projects brought home in a big folder, there is death. Where there should be childhood, there is rage. Where there should be leaders working for the good of all people, there are questions, complaints, cries that this is not enough. Where there should be action, there are thoughts and prayers. From leaders who invoke God's name in hypocritical platitudes. Using the Lord's name in vain does not refer to saying a curse word when you stab your toe. It's an indictment on anyone who hides behind the veil of prayer instead of taking action and changing things to protect people. We are not meant to carry this much grief. We live in a society where we don't even have time to grieve one mass tragedy before we learn of another. It's too much to bear. How do we handle it? This is a day when we all need to hear so much from the pulpit. We long for words of comfort, words of promise, words encouraging us. There's too much to say, and yet there's nothing to say. So today I think of the disciples at this pivotal moment in their lives, watching as Jesus is taken away from them yet again. Another confusing, heart-wrenching separation. They stand there frozen with Jesus' promise echoing in their ears. The Holy Spirit will come to you. I will not leave you orphaned. May we hear that echo too. In this moment of uncertainty, of grief, of confusion, may we hear that echo from Jesus. The Holy Spirit will come to you. I will not leave you orphaned. You see, Jesus, in this moment of the ascension, passed on his work of liberation to his followers. Jesus had said his final goodbyes and given them all he could give. And now it was up to them to embrace, to embody God's love the way Jesus did. It was now up to them to work for 
God's love. I want to end with this poem by Brendan Constantine called The Opposites Game. And he wrote this when he was an English teacher in high school. This day, my students and I played the opposites game with a line from Emily Dickinson. My life has stood a loaded gun, it goes, and I write it on the board, pausing so they can call out the antonyms. My, your, life, death, had stood, will sit, a, Many, loaded, empty, done. For a moment, very much like the one between lightning and its sound, the children just stare at me. And then it comes, a flurry, a hailstorm of answers. Flower, says one. No, book, says another. That's stupid, cries a third. The opposite of a gun is a pillow. Or maybe a hug. But not a book, no ways a book. With this, the others gather their thoughts, and suddenly it's a shouting match. No one can agree. For every student, there's a final answer. It's a song, a prayer. I mean, a promise, like a wedding ring, and later a baby. Or what's that person who delivers babies? A midwife? Yes, a midwife. No, that's wrong. You're so wrong, you'll never be right again. It's a whisper. A star. It's saying I love you into your hand and then touching someone's ear. Are you crazy? Are you the president of crazy land? You should be. When's the election? It's a teddy bear. A sword. A perfect, perfect peach. Go back to the first one. It's a flower. A white rose. When the bell rings, I reach for an eraser. But a girl snatches it from my hand. Nothing's decided, she says. We're not done here. I leave all the answers on the board. The next day, some of them have stopped talking to each other. They've taken sides. There's a flower club and a kitty club and two boys calling themselves the snowballs. The rest have stuck with the original game, which was to try to write something like poetry. It's a diamond. It's a dance. The opposite of a gun is a museum in France. It's the moon, it's a mirror, it's the sound of a bell and the cure. The argument starts again, more shouting, and finally a new club. For the first time, I dare to push them. Maybe all of you are right, I say. Well, maybe. Maybe it's everything you said. Maybe it's everything we didn't say. It's words and the spaces for words. They're looking at each other now. It's everything in this room and outside this room and down the street and in the sky. It's everyone on campus and at the mall and all the people waiting at the hospital and at the post office. And yes, it's a flower too, all the flowers, the whole garden. The opposite of a gun is wherever you point it. Don't write that on the board, they say. Just say, poem. Your death will sit through many empty poems. So that's our invitation to imagine transformation today.